Super Talk Mississippi media production. What's the key to a quick and fun travel escape? Enjoy public art outside or outsider art inside and refresh your sense of history with awe-inspiring parks and museums. Vicksburg is the key to the South. You can wrap this one, my friend, in maroon and white. Ten seconds, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Bingo! You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. I mean, if you like my face, you are going to be loving the setup we have here on Super Talk TV. I, that is, I feel like Bart Gregory on the jumbotron at uh, at Davis Wade Stadium. Like, look at that boy's head; it's huge. That's a lot of hay, Dad. This is thunder and lightning. <laughs> I am Brian Haydad. This is thunder and lightning. That's Rhino. He's the one. He, he he told me this was enough face. He was like, "That's that's the perfect amount of face we need to show." And he he knows better than me, so we're just gonna go go with that. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in here. Super Talk, SuperTalk.fm, SuperTalk app, wherever you get Super Talk, wherever you consume our media, we appreciate that. Another win in the books for Mississippi State. Mississippi State and a good win, a, a great win, a dominating win for Mississippi State. Absolutely manhandled Texas A&M. I use the term on uh, Monday, Sports Talk Mississippi. I just love this term. This is one of my favorite Southern. It's more of a Texas thing, but it's all hat, no cattle. That's what Texas A&M is, guys. There is, there is. They are S A W F T soft. Man, they they they're not they're not much for a fight. And Mississippi State was more than happy to smack them around on Saturday. That was, in my opinion, the best Mississippi State's ever looked under Mike Leach. When you take all three phases of the game into account, offense, defense, special teams, the individual performances, the game plan on both sides of the ball, the adjustments that were made throughout the game, I felt like, you know, you know, people get caught up in perfection sometimes. They were like, oh, you know, you made a mistake here, a mistake here. It's a B-plus game. Guys, that was an A game, maybe even A-plus. You're never going to have perfection. You're going to have some some plays that, you know, you get lucky they didn't go against you. State certainly had those. But State found a way to make their own breaks throughout that game on Saturday. And that's why they got the win, and that's why they were able to win as easily as they were. It also helps. I think Mike Leach was uh, anxious to, to put points on the board. I think he wanted to. I don't think he's got the issues with Jimbo that say the coach that's going to play Jimbo this week has with him. But I think he just wanted to, you know, make a little bit of a statement. And now the the reward for that is you get to play another game, and it's also big, and you've got to win it. And the reward for that one will be, you know, rinse and repeat. That's where Mississippi State football is, but that's what you want to be, right? That's you know, every game is big. You don't you don't want to have a game. Well, this one really doesn't matter. You know, you don't want to be thinking like that. State's got big games the rest of the way, pretty much. You know, East Tennessee State kind of is what it is. 
But you, well, look at what's left on the schedule for Mississippi State. Arkansas, Kentucky, Alabama, Auburn, Georgia, Ole Miss. No weekends off in that, in that grouping. I think this football team is starting, you know, I don't want to say peaking because you don't want to be peaking in week five. But they, they're, they're, they're starting to figure a lot of things out. Uh, I thought the offensive line was so good on Saturday, and, and that's what allowed State to run the football so successfully on Saturday. And quite honestly, that's what allowed Will Rogers to be as good as he was, especially late in the game on Saturday. It all, it's, all, it's all connected. It's all a process. And now this week against Arkansas, that's a defensive line and a linebacker group that gets after the quarterback. They're second in the league, or second in the nation, I'm sorry, in sacks uh, accumulated, which is a good thing for them. Because they are absolutely putrid at covering the pass. They're not good at that at all. Them covering passes is like me walking away from a cheesecake. It doesn't happen. So that's good news for Mississippi. When your offense is called the air raid and you find out somebody's giving up almost 300 yards a game passing, I guess your eyes light up a little bit. If I'm Will Rogers, I'm excited about this matchup with Arkansas. And on the other side of the ball, well, that's where all the storylines are uh, this week, for sure. Uh, we've been talking about it nonstop on, on Sports Talk Mississippi, on the Thunder and Lightning podcast. I have an interview on tomorrow's show with Andrew Hutchinson from Best of Arkansas Sports. You check that out. K.J. Jefferson, the Mississippi native, the Arkansas quarterback, is he going to play? Vegas doesn't think that he is. The line's gone up three points since Sunday. That's Vegas telling you we don't think KJ Jefferson's going to play and Mississippi State's going to win this game easily. And I hate to be the one that tells you this, but I I got a little confidence in that. I feel like State if KJ Jefferson doesn't play, State is going to win this game easily. They should win this game easily. Arkansas was already going to struggle keeping Mississippi State off the scoreboard. When you can't stop the pass and you play Mississippi State, that's a combination to give up points. Arkansas's best hope of winning was to be able to you know, return fire, fight fire with fire, and K.J. Jefferson was the key to that because he's a running quarterback, and we've already seen State struggle with one of those this year. He's a plus passer. He can, he can throw the ball accurately. If he can't go, guys, it's a long, long road forward for the Arkansas Razorbacks, and it's going to be really, really tough for them to do it. Apparently, Rhino, did you hear that Gallo talked about me being handsome today? This has been I've seen it like several times on the text line. The vast majority of his what? show is before my brain is functioning, so I, I couldn't help you there. <laughs> somebody somebody on the text line, did you hear where he said I was just like, did he say it after eight AM? I might have heard it then. So he said I was handsome. Well, you know. I won't, I won't, I, the man's, you know, he's more right than wrong. That's why he's Mississippi's premier uh, political pundit. He knows what he's talking about. I'm a ladies' man, evidently. Who knew? My wife certainly didn't. Let's get back to Mississippi State because we're going down a, <laughs> we're going down a rabbit hole there. So Mississippi State, Arkansas, 11 a.m. kick. It was already a big game. It's it this this injury. If KJ Jefferson can't play, Mississippi State has no excuse not to win. None, none. I can't I can't defend it. If State loses on 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 Saturday, Sunday's podcast is going to be a lot of fire and brimstone for me. No excuse to be to lose to Arkansas 
without K.J. Jefferson. There wasn't much of an excuse to lose to them with him because of how bad their defense is and how good your defense is. State's defense played great last week. They harassed those A&M quarterbacks like nothing I've ever seen. Zach Arnett, every time he blitzed, there were guys in the backfield. He got sacks. He forced turnovers. What more can you ask for from a defense? And then special teams? I had a great conversation with Coach Eric Mealy, the uh, special teams coordinator. You can hear that interview on the WKBB uh, tailgate show sponsored by Mississippi Peanut Supply. If you're listening around this area three hours before kickoff on 100.9 up here in the Golden Triangle. His game plan was fantastic. He talked about the blocked field goal. He said, yeah, we saw something on film. If, you, if you're here at A&M fan complaining, oh, Emmanuel Forbes was offside, no, you guys were giving away the snap. And they found it, and they took full advantage of it, and that's how Mississippi State blocked that field goal and broke the game open. So State, when they play like that, they can beat just about anybody. Can they beat Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State? Maybe not. Probably not. Nah. Can they beat everybody else in the country when they play like they played on Saturday? Yes. 100% they can. Everybody in the country could line up and State plays that game, and I would, I'd be happy to think State would probably win most of those games. That says that's how well they played. Can they do it again? Can they put that kind of effort forward two weeks in a row? Can they do it three weeks in a row going up to Kentucky next week? Or is that a game that, you know, we should be thinking about already like, ah, well, maybe, maybe not. No, we're not going to think like that. We're going to, we're, we're going to try to think positive. Now that's a new thing for me. We'll see how it goes. Hopefully I won't have a headache or an aneurysm or anything. We'll see how where it takes us. This positive line or thinking. So is this the game state that drops is supposed to be the Garrett? See, that's that's a good point. We I hadn't I hadn't really considered that. Mike Leach always loses a game he's supposed to lose. Here's one. This is a game he I'm sorry, he's supposed to win. This is a game he's supposed to win. If he loses this one, not good. Good news though. I don't think that's going to be the case at all. I think Mississippi State's sitting in very, very good position to win this game. But we'll talk a lot more about that on this show today. We'll, we'll, we'll go deep into it. And, of course, we've got to talk about K.J. Jefferson and what his injury is going to mean uh, to the Arkansas Razorbacks. But great performance a week ago. Worth, worth looking back even you know four days later, five days later. That's just how good Mississippi State can play. That's the kind of, of, of performance... Mississippi State fans have been wanting to see from a Mike Leach coach football team. Offense clicking, moving down the field. Defense, aggressive, forcing negative plays. And special teams doing the things that special teams needs to do to win football games. Making adjustments. Having a good game plan. It was all there. It was all there on Saturday. Guess who's about to join us? Guess who the cat dragged in from Barstool Sports? The first of his name. Brandon F. Walker, the King of the South. He'll join us in just a few minutes here on Thunder and Lightning. We'll get his thoughts on, man, I don't even know. I may just let him talk. We'll see how it all turns out for us. And then we'll keep talking about Mississippi State, Arkansas. Big game this weekend at Davis Wade Stadium. This is Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Thunder and Lightning. Super Talk Mississippi. Listen up! There is a storm coming!
is Thunder and Lightning. Super Talk Mississippi. You know, I've had some good guests on in my uh, my opening weeks of Thunder and Lightning. I've had coaches, I've had administrators, I've had uh, uh, journalists, but I haven't had a king on until this very moment in time. Welcome, please, to the show, the king of the South from Barstool Sports, Brandon Walker. Your grace, you honor us with your presence. Thank you, Richard. It's a it's an absolute pleasure to be here. I thank you. Good luck on the new show. It's awesome. Uh, you know, I, we're, we're supposed to be friends, but I really don't like you sometimes. How <laughs> are fine. you? Let's How's just, Brandon let's talk Walker? Ten minutes and see what happens. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> How is life for the King of the South? Oh, life is good for the King of the South because I am in the South. I am in the Cotton District in Starkville, Mississippi, right now. I'm uh, I'm having some pork belly tacos. I have to go back to New York and go back to the old life tomorrow. But right now, I am living the good life. You know, the old life in New York can't be too bad for you because your podcast partner, she shouldn't be too happy, uh, right? The second Casey Smith. If for those of you who don't know, the uh, the co-host with Brandon of Unnecessary Roughness, one of the best right. college football podcasts out there. The she's an Aggie, and and. Well, we all saw what happened. How did she take it? Uh, she didn't take it well, Brian. Uh, you know, I, listen, I've been a Mississippi State fan a long time. I don't enjoy watching my team be bad on the football field, but I do enjoy when I watch somebody else watch their team be bad on the football field. And uh, sitting behind, beside her as Mississippi State asserted its dominance in the, in the uh, series and showed them once again uh, that it doesn't take $95 million to be decent in football. It was just delicious. You guys, uh, you normally make a bet around this game. Was there a, was there any wager uh, in play here? Let me tell you something, Brian. I've been around women for a long time, and that woman is way too pregnant to be betting with right now. Okay? She I thought you were going to name her kid. No, she's about five months pregnant. I, I came up with that idea. I was like, hey, Casey, you want to bet? She said, sure. I said, well, let me name your kid. Oh, no, you don't even joke about that. Oh, my God. So I can't even... I couldn't even fathom uh, a bet with her this year. If you had had the opportunity, what would you have suggested for the name? Uh, well, I mean, it would almost have to be Dak, right? I mean, it, some sort of Dak, maybe a Mike Leach pun. Um, I, I, I suggested maybe. I suggested Nicholas Fitzgerald because he was already Fitzgerald, A&M's daddy. Yeah. Yes, yes. So that he would technically be that kid's grand, grandfather, really. That's, I, I can't get too far I, down. I don't, I don't watch House of the Dragon, so I don't know how all the, the relationship stuff works. I'll, I'll be. I don't know. I thought about some advertising opportunities. Maybe call the baby Jeans Page Smith. I don't know. I I, I figured I could sell it to somebody. <laughs> <Who knows? laughs> That's a good call. Ah, fantastic. Yeah. Right? Do you good. ever? I'm I'm fantastic. I'm doing well. Uh, do you ever think about the fact that you know, a lot of schools have a celebrity fan. Right. You're a Mississippi State celebrity fan. You represent Mississippi State on a beyond a, a state level as a national representative of the university. When people think about Mississippi I, State fans, you are the first one they think about a lot. You ever think about that? Does it, does it ever play on your brain? Listen, uh, you and I have met, right? A couple times. So you know my ego is 
even when I was just doing a podcast here, I was very proud of myself, right? Out of control is how I would describe it. Yeah, so so the added the added whatever if you want to call it fame, it is fun, but it's really just fun to to be uh to be able to, you know, be a Mississippi State fan and have people notice that. Like that's that's really legit. Like uh, you know, there's a lot of Michigan fans out there and Alabama fans. We really didn't have a Mississippi State fan, so it is fun to do that. But right. I would say our celebrity fans are our athletes, like our Dax and our Papelons, guys like that guys like that. Yeah. Yeah, we don't. We, that, that's why you know. I remember back in game day, and they had Papelbon, which is a good choice. It's a fine choice. Yeah. But there wasn't a, a guy that st- you could just bring in who's like I'm known as being a Mississippi State fan. Now that could no, be but, you. But, but, you have some experience. We're real, yeah. Yeah. You have we're some experience a real fan of going we're real to, people. We don't have to. We don't have to put on airs and pretend and bring in somebody like Katy Perry to act like we know what we're talking about. We, we don't do no, that. No. That's not who we are. So speaking of college football uh, preview shows. Uh, you were nearly murdered a couple weeks ago up up in Iowa. Uh, you yeah. you played the role of the heel to absolute perfection. My question right. is, what happens in a few weeks? I know that your show is traveling to Baton Rouge for the LSU Ole Miss game. Are you concerned? What are they going to do? Throw bow ties at me? <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> no, no, no. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, Brian. I uh, I will yes. play. I'm a chameleon, and I will be the biggest LSU homer there ever was when I go down there, and I will have protection mm-hmm. from the LSU fans in, the, in attendance. Will T-Bob Bear be part of your security detail? That sounded like a Star Wars character when you said it out loud like that. <laughs> he would like that. He's a big old nerd no, like he, me. <laughs> they're just on, they're, you know, they're hanging out in the Millennium Falcon. Who is that? It was T-Bob Bear. That's T. Bob A. Bear. He's wanted in ten systems. Go. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I'm, I'm doing that. Uh, with my job, I, you know, I feel like I, I, I should be entertaining. I try to be entertaining, but I feel like my job is more analysis. Your job yeah. is, I think, there's some analysis, but you're more about being entertaining. How do you how do you balance that? I don't really think you do. Like, this is a serious answer. I don't think I do try to balance it. I. I try to go for 100% entertainment. Like, I was a sports writer for 15 years, and that's a fun, mm-hmm. good, honest way to make a living. But nobody really notices. You don't make money, and, and nobody even cares unless you mess up. That's a sports writer's life. And if you can live that, it's fine. True. But when I got a microphone, when you, Brian Haydad, you're the one that did it. When you put a microphone in my hand, and I started talking about what I really felt and how I really cared, that's what draws people. So I'm all about the realness and the entertainment. I'm not really about the analysis anymore. All right, so let's do some analysis then. You were down on Arkansas uh, early, early. Right. Even you know when they were a top ten team, you were calling them a fraud. You you did not like this Arkansas team. What about them just just did not appeal to you? Well, their 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 makeup just wasn't very good. You know, people act like Sam Pittman is miles ahead of Mike Leach. Uh, they would have the same record if a referee's call went one way or the other last year in Fayetteville. But let's not worry about that. The team itself, they lost their first-round receiver, and a lot of teams can take that. But Arkansas's quarterback is not somebody who can throw the ball and stretch the ball down the field, and they do not have receiving weapons. And in a passing league, if you can't throw it down the field and you can't stretch the field, you're not going to be able to keep up with these other offenses, and it was only a matter of time before somebody exposed them. A&M did it, Bama did it, and it's going to happen in Davis Wade Stadium this week. 
And what about this Mississippi State team? I know you were high on them. I think you had them nine and three in the media poll that that we all do. Yeah, are they are a little better, a little little worse. About what you thought at this point in the season. Uh, I think they're about right where I thought they would be. I, you know, listen, if they win this weekend, they're 5-1 and one halfway through the season. The schedule itself is, is an absolute monster. But there are other teams out there that are waiting to be exposed. One's in Lexington, Kentucky. One's, you know, a couple other places. So I, I think this team's right in line with where I thought they'd be. Maybe 8-4 and four is in the cards, but I think they're a solid 9-3 team. What's up next for you up there at Barstool? Why haven't you taken over yet is the real question. Well, first of all, I'm in a much, much, much higher tax bracket than I was this time last year, so I feel like I have taken over. <laughs> Secondly, uh, I can't say right now, but I do have a project coming down the pipe that could change the uh, change the course of my career and my life. So hopefully that goes through in the next day or two. What would I have to do to set up a cage fight between you and Ben Mintz? What kind of donation find a, would I need to make? Uh, you find a cage. That's that. There you go. <laughs> and now, now I'm going to be honest with him and me. It's going to have to be a well-built cage, but just find yes. a cage. So, would I? Could I be in your corner if that happened? I I don't know how big corners are, so maybe I'd have to see it first. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need it to be a corner. Would you be totally honest with that? I need it to be sort of rounded off. <laughs> I was going to say you could probably yeah. be in both. You probably be in both corners if we're being honest. You just just killing me, Brandon. I brought you on here to make well, me look good. You're supposed to be like well, Flair Brian, carrying me. For, for Brian, Brian, let's be honest. I haven't cussed once. I, I'm pretty impressed. Is it, can you do? Is it hard to, to turn the switch off and work clean like this? Uh, it's not. It's not the easiest thing. I do have to be aware of what I'm doing. Well, we have a dump button. It, uh, Rhino is, is he's got quick hands there in, in Studio X. He, if, if if need be, he could have taken care of any problems we have. But because you are the king of the South, you were able to pull it off without a hitch. Much as I thought that you would, Brandon Walker, Barstool Sports. I mean, you know where to find him. He's the king of the South. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. I appreciate you coming on with me. Hey, Brian, I'm at Two Brothers. When you get off, come on down. You don't say. Well. I might just have to do that then. All right. Thunder and Lightning. We'll be back right after this. Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Here on Thunder and Lightning, Super Talk Mississippi. If you missed that interview with Brandon Walker of Barstool Sports, a respected and world-renowned sports journalist, you can always find it wherever you get podcasts from. If you subscribe to the Thunder and Lightning podcast feed, this show pops up minutes, mere moments, after we go off the air at 7 o'clock. So subscribe to our podcast feed, and of course... It's available five days a week, Monday through Friday, plus uh, some extra content that I've been known to throw in there 
every now and then. All of that is what has lifted Thunder and Lightning to the number one ranking among sports news podcasts here in these United States. I was down two spots in France, though. Not talking enough French. Don't worry. Next week, would Killian Mbappe be a great fit in the air raid offense? We're going to talk about that. Oh, get our French listenership up. But that being said, thank you guys. Seriously, the reason that podcast is doing so well is because you're listening to it. So I appreciate that very, very much, more than you will ever, ever know. Thanks to Brandon, by the way, for jumping on with us. K.J. Jefferson, is he is he or is he not? Is he going to play? Sam Pittman today at the SEC Coaches Teleconference said, we have a rule that if you don't practice on Wednesday, you don't play. All indications there are that Jefferson was at practice today, but it was very much a non-contact just to say he was at practice, practice. Okay. I've talked to two different Arkansas beat writers. I mentioned I talked to Andrew Hutchinson of bestofarkansasports.com, and we talked to Trey Biddy of uh, hogsports.com. That's their 24-7 site on Sports Talk Mississippi just a couple hours ago. That is also available on the podcast. Um, They both gave the impression that they don't know for sure. They're speculating only, but they heavily suspect that KJ Jefferson's not going to play. Now, I know what a lot of y'all are thinking out there. I, I know. You're thinking about the RAT. Now, I can't tell you what the RAT stands for, but if you know, you know. And let's just say the RAT is a person who, when Mississippi State is on the verge of easy victory, comes out of absolutely nowhere and spoils the party. And a backup quarterback is a perfect candidate to be a rat. Unfortunately for whoever that backup quarterback is, the real rat is the defense. It has to show up for, for Arkansas to have any chance. Uh, there are, their offense is, is, it is sort of is what it is. They still got some talented players. They still have Rocket Sanders back there who is going to get some good yards the way Devon Ashane did a week ago. We just didn't get enough because they couldn't throw the football. Can Arkansas throw the football? I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it looks like it's going to be walk on Cade Fortin. Yes, you heard me correct. He is a walk on, but he was a scholarship. Compare him a little bit to Jack Abraham. You remember Jack Abraham last year transferred from USM, came into Mississippi State. He was a walk on. He was on the depth chart. Now he didn't play because of injury, but had he played, it would have been a similar situation to what we're talking about. A former scholarship quarterback who just is finishing up his career. At a, at a different school. They're the guys Malik Hornsby, who if you've watched Arkansas a lot over the past couple of years, you've seen him. He's a fast runner, an elite athlete, but as a passer, he's not very polished at this time. Arkansas's best bet in this game was to be able to score and outscore Mississippi State. And I know, don't, don't, don't with the outscore. I know, seven to six would be outscore. You know what I mean. You know what I meant. I meant that I think State's going to get close to the 30s, maybe above the 30s in this game. Arkansas needed to be in that range, too, to have any chance to win. Without Jefferson, that is a, that's a mountain to climb. It was already a mountain to climb. Arkansas, the last couple of games, has just not been really good offensively against A&M or against Alabama. Now, Alabama, we could sort of forgive, right? It's Alabama. But A&M, State just put 42 on them. So how good are they? I don't know. 
I think that Arkansas is in a world of hurt here, man. You know, the, the line keeps growing. It's gone from six and a half to nine and a half. And I'm getting at the point when I, the more I think about this game that I think state's going to, going to have a, a cakewalk's a harsh term. It is. And I, I don't believe a Sam Pittman coach team is just going to lay down, feel sorry for itself and just give up. But they're just outmanned this week. There, there's so many injuries. So many problems, and now you're missing your uh, your starting quarterback, the guy who sort of is the you know the engine of the car. I I just I, I have trouble seeing how it's going to work now for Mississippi State. You want to see a lot of what you saw last week. Let's start with the running game. Say rushed for 140 yards last week and didn't give up a sack. Those are both equally important in my eyes. Obviously, protecting Will Rogers when you're going to throw the ball as much as MSU does is huge. But, and I've said this a lot of times, it's not so much about how many yards you rush for with Mississippi State. It's about are you effective when you run the football. If State can run the ball 35, 40 times, but if they're only getting two yards a carry, who cares? Nobody cares. State ran the ball, I think, 22 times. And they averaged, or maybe it was more, but they average six yards a carry. If State can be threatening defenses with six yards a carry on the run in the running game, they're going to win a lot of games because teams are going to have to play, put guys in the box. They're going to have to tighten up their coverages, and that's going to allow Will, Will Rogers to see those intermediate routes and those deep routes, like he did late in the game where he hits Ra Ra Thomas with a deep pass, and then Ra Ra takes it the rest of the way, and next thing you know, it's a seventy-five yard touchdown pass. Those opportunities are going to be there. I have said all week long, and I'll say it again here, that I think, you know, if you go back and watch last week's game against Texas A&M, State was very, very conservative early in the passing game. I think about midway through the second quarter, Rodgers had 21, 22 completions to only 150, 160 yards. I mean, they were literally, they really were dink and dunking it. But as the running game continued to hammer away at Texas A&M, they had to get more, you know, get a little greedy there on defense, and those big plays were available to State. I would reverse that this week if I'm if I'm uh, Mike Leach. I'm going to attack this weak Arkansas secondary early. I'm going up top to Ra Ra to Tulu, Caleb Ducking to Justin Robinson, who made a, a, a first a great. Real first impression last week. I know he had played earlier, but last week was his first extended duty, and he looked great. And I shouldn't have been surprised by that, right? Guy signed out of high school with Georgia. That's a team that knows how to evaluate players. Those guys, you know, big, bigger physical receivers, then you got Tulu with the elite speed, should be able to find some openings in that secondary. And, of course, those are guys that you feel like you can throw up 50-50 balls, those back shoulder throws and be successful because they're bigger receivers that can shield off their DBs. I would take some chances early if I was Mike Leach. Now, knowing Mike Leach, he's not listening to me right now, and he'll do what he wants. But I'm just telling you how, how old Brian Haydad would, would handle that. And then the running game is just kind of is what it is. Um, you know, I, never, I can't get a feel week to week with Leach of how many times he's going to run the football. I feel like you know there's some games where I'm like, okay, he's going to run the ball quite a bit, and he doesn't. And then there sometimes are like, well, the passing game is probably where it's going to be this week, and then he runs the ball 20-plus times. I think a lot of it has to do with Will Rogers. You know, Rogers is, is you know the quarterback who has the ability to check in and out of plays, and so I think he's doing that a lot. I think he's checking in and out of plays. He did a, a bad job of that against LSU. We talked about it, that, you know, 
loaded box sometimes, and he just ran right into it. Against Texas A&M, he just found the sweet spot. And when he called runs, there were holes to be had. Dylan Johnson, Jaquavius Marks, and Simeon Price, who every week seems to be making a play for Mississippi State here and there. He's a good X-Factor guy that we'll talk about you know, later in the show. Those are talented guys, and getting the ball into their hands is a plus for Mississippi State. State, this is the best collection of skill position talent State's ever had. You've got three guys in the backfield that you really like. You've got six or seven receivers you feel really good about. Let's put it like this, and I, I mentioned this on um, Monday's Thunder and Lightning podcast. Um, State's receiving core has been good enough that Austin Williams and Jaden Wally, a couple guys who you know have well over 100 catches in their career, it's kind of afterthoughts right now. You know, the top four receivers are Thomas, Griffin, Harvey, and Ducking. Robinson looks like he's making his way up, and then probably Wally after that, and then Austin Williams down after that. Those are guys I would have penciled in for 60, 70 catches this year and would have been State's biggest targets. And they're not seeing hardly any of the ball at all. That's a good thing, though, if you're a Mississippi State fan. It's, you know, it's not great for them. If you're a big fan of theirs, eh, I'm sorry I can't help you, but the team is better. State's been able to, to recruit some guys to replace them. And that's that's surprising, but it's also very positive. And you're not missing those guys. You know, if you had told me that at this point in the season that Austin Williams and Jaden Wiley were going to have a combined, and I don't know if I'm right, but it's, it can't be much more than 20 catches between them, I would have said, wow, State's probably in real trouble. They're not. They're playing their, some of their best football. Surprising, but it's good news for Mississippi State offensively. Not good news for Arkansas offensively without KJ Jefferson. They got they've got a hill to climb in Starkville Saturday morning. Should be fantastic weather though. And if you if you're gonna get you know beat up, at least you can do it in nice cool temperatures. I guess. We'll talk a little bit more about that. We'll do my playmakers and my prediction for Mississippi State and Arkansas coming up in just a minute. We'll wrap things up with you here on Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi. If they call a celebration penalty on this, I'll shoot them. time with you here on Thunder and Lightning, Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Brian Haydad. Rhino's the one who plays the tunes and makes sure the show doesn't, you know, like the studio doesn't explode. That's his job. He's the best at it, by the way. Mississippi State, Arkansas, 11 a.m., Davis Wade Stadium. It's just another big game for Mississippi State. There's just there's just no getting around it at this point. When you when you start the season off four and one, your season becomes a full of big games, you know, and and every game is connected, and every game is bigger than the one before it. Especially when you keep winning. State's on a two-game winning streak. They'd like to make it three. They'd like to make it four. 
And then they go to Alabama, and well, we'll talk about We'll cross that bridge when we get there. It starts Saturday, and it, it, it looks like you're playing a, I don't know what the word is, not devastated, but, a, a, you know, deprived or, or, or whatever it is. This team doesn't have their quarterback. Arkansas does not have their, they're not going to have their quarterback. I would be su- beyond surprised at this point. We're bordering on shocked if, our, if K.J. Jefferson plays. I just feel that with all the national scrutiny being paid to concussions, and to head injuries at this time with what happened last week with Tua and the Dolphins game, if he's not 100, and I mean 100%, they, they can't send him out there. they gotta, they got to let him rest. And, and it, it's not great for them. You hate it for Arkansas. I hate it for K.J. Jefferson coming back to his home state like a chance to show out. He had a fantastic game a year ago against Ole Miss, and his defense didn't do enough to stop them. I think it, I, th- I thought it was going to be a similar situation this week, but now I don't think he's going to get the chance to play. And for Mississippi State, that means they should win. And quite honestly, it means they should win relatively easily. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised to hear myself saying that because I did not think that that was going to be the case uh, just a few weeks ago. But here we are now. Playmakers, gosh, Arkansas can't stop the pass. It would be foolish to go against the receivers at this point. Pick one. Ra-Ra Thomas, done. Had a huge bounce-back game. You like to see that. He did not play well against Bowling Green. Came back with his best game against uh, against Texas A&M. So seeing that from him is a good thing. Mississippi State fans should be very pleased with that. I'm telling you, every time I see that kid play, I think that's a future NFL guy. He's a superstar. And so I think he'll have another big game. Uh, for the for the Bulldogs on Saturday. Defensively, I, I don't know what Arkansas is going to be doing. So it feels like you know they'll they'll try to lean on Rocket Sanders early. Jet Johnson might be the guy to watch. Then this could be a, an old school kind of game for him. A team that likes to run the football and is very physical that plays right into what Jet Johnson wants to do. Could see him pushing for double digit tackles in this game, especially if Ar- if Jefferson doesn't going. Uh, you know, I'll be honest with you. Even if Jefferson does go, he could push for that because Jefferson likes to run, and he's not a get out of the pocket runner. He's a up the middle kind of runner. Jet Johnson could be there waiting for him. So I'll go with Jet Johnson for my defensive guy. I've gone. I've sort of waffled between the return men, between Griffin and, and Thomas. I should go another way. Let's let's look at let's let's go stay on defense for our X factor uh, this week, and let's talk about a guy who can maybe. Change the game with with a uh, a big play. Emmanuel Forbes was that guy a week ago. SEC Defensive Player of the Week for the Bulldogs. Two interceptions, a pick six, and then had the block field goal, which led to the return. The safeties, you know, Arkansas's receivers, the safeties are going to play a role this week for for sure. I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Jackie Matthews. He's been really good this year, but he hasn't really piled up on the stat sheet. No interceptions, no fumbles, or anything like that. Maybe this week he can get on the uh, get a, get in the uh, get on the stat sheet, get a pick. I feel like Arkansas is going to make mistakes. I feel like State's going to pl- have a similar game plan defensively they had last week. They're going to pressure, especially if it's a, it's a backup, especially if it's this walk on. They're really gonna, I think they're going to ra- ratchet up the pressure. I mean, we're even, we're talking about Arnett here. The pressure's coming anyway, but I feel like he might he might go a, a little extra mile and really try to throw some stuff that this guy hasn't seen at him. And if that happens, he's making mistakes. State secondary is is the kind of, of guys they have the kind of athletes back there who can take take advantage of that and get and, and force turnovers. 
If Jefferson was healthy and everything was all where it was supposed to be, I would have said something like 31 or 35-31 or something like that. Without him, though, oh, man, I may regret this. I may regret it, but I'm going to say it anyway. I think State's going to win pretty big. I'm going to say let's say 38-14 to 14, Mississippi State. I just don't see Arkansas being successful offensively without Jefferson. So I'll give you two predictions. 35-31 with Jefferson, 38-14 without. I'll, I'll cover all my bases. I'll hedge my bets. I don't think they let you do that at the, uh, the Sportsbook at Timeout Lounge, but here on Thunder and Lightning, I'm in charge. I'm, I'm doing whatever i got to do. All right, we'll be back next week talking about this game and looking ahead to Kentucky. And, of course, don't don't forget the Thunder and Lightning podcast five days a week, available wherever you get podcasts from, and at supertalk.fm. Check out our website. we got a lot of great stuff there every single day. For Rhino, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning here on Supertalk Mississippi. Talk Mississippi Media Production.